breaking news as it happens. You're listening to Kevin McCullough Radio. Well, there's a State of the Union address scheduled this week. And Biden's going to have to, I think, on some level, answer the question, you know, how, how good is America right now? That's usually what the State of the Union is all about. And given what we were just discussing in the opening segment of uh, basically an all-out security collapse with um, this balloon the size of three school buses just kind of making its way across the country over the last week, uh, and then finally them deciding to shoot it down over the weekend, uh, I, what, what does it all mean? Let's go to the Hudson Institute, uh, the senior fellow and director for the Center for Defense Concepts and Technology there. Brian Clark rejoins us. Brian, uh this is an enormous story, and people are pretending like it was almost nothing. What do you make of that? Uh, yeah, Kevin, uh, thanks for having me on again. But the um, uh, the issue is that uh, not so much the fact that the balloon you know, was a threat to the United States or anything like that. It's, it's that we allowed it to transverse the entire country, uh, collecting intelligence as it went, uh, instead of trying to do something about that to intervene and prevent it from so- successfully in, uh, gathering intelligence on us. Um, and we really haven't tried to mount a, a complementary or similar approach uh, against China. You know, so we sort of let China have the run of the place by letting these balloons go over to the United States. And yet we haven't really responded in kind or even responded to the, well, the these challenges. And this piece made. of breaking news today, um, the Chinese are now taking credit for other balloons that are currently uh, in the air. There's one over portions of Latin America right now. They claim that they've, you know, these balloons are deviating off course, but I, I'm not really in the mood to believe that at this point. Well, the, um, so the technology for these balloons is actually pretty well established. There's a company in the U.S. that builds similar balloons uh, called Aerostar, Raven Aerostar. Um, and these balloons can control themselves by changing their altitude, which allows them to access winds that are going in different directions. So you can steer the balloon and get it you know, roughly on a trajectory uh, just by changing its altitude. And they'll go you know, a couple hundred miles either way on a course. Um, but you can steer them pretty effectively, and you can actually set up a station keeping exor- you know, with them so you can actually keep them hovering and around in one location. Um, Google uses a version of these balloons for its Loon program, where it provides broadband Internet uh, right. to countries like Peru um, right. from, from, from high-altitude balloons. So these balloons are pretty effective, and they can be steered. Uh, and the problem is um, you know, that China has decided to use them to go gather intelligence on the United States. Well, I would imagine that with the advancement of GPS, it's not a far stretch uh, from having steering mechanism capability to just putting in coordinates and sending it off. Uh, I mean, we're doing that with Amazon drones for delivering packages now. How hard would it be for a balloon to be equipped the same way? And so if we know the the pinpoint addresses of our military bases and the places that uh, we are the most vulnerable, um, of course the Chinese were spying on us. Right, and these these balloons, the the ones that the U.S. makes, um, do have GPS, and they steer themselves. So you tell them roughly where to go, and they're going to make the best effort they can to get to that location and try to hover around there as best they can. And they'll, you know, as like I said, they'll they'll kind of go a little bit off course one way or another, but they'll get to roughly that location. So they they won't go off course thousands of miles like uh, China is implying these balloons did. Um, yeah. And you can steer them, you know, to to get to the locations you need to. It may take longer to get there than you'd want. 
Um, and then they can stay there up to six months. And then, you know, you can retrieve them at some point. Um, and the, the fact that these balloons are going to South America probably reflects the fact that they're going south to get winds that are going west in an effort to get them back out into the Pacific towards China, where they can be eventually recovered. We, as I made mention at the opening of the segment, uh, he has a State of the Union address this week. What is the general picture of our uh, national self-defense capability right now? Well, it's pretty strong. I mean, the fact that it is that, you know, the U.S. capabilities are, are pretty effective. There are ways, as we did, you know, of shooting these balloons down. There's ways of defending U.S. airspace. Um, the U.S. has mounted a new effort to try to better defend against cruise missiles, uh, which we've traditionally not worried a lot about, um, defending mainly only the capital region from cruise missiles. So we're mounting a new effort led by the Air Force to do that. Um, the ballistic missile defense system that's based up in Alaska has been tested, and it's pretty effective. So the U.S. has ways of defending uh, the territory, the, you know, the, the homeland. Um, they're just not often used. I think that the, this, the, the genius of these <laughs> balloons, if you will, is that they sort of uh, slide in and they don't present an immediate threat. Let, and let, me, let me get a little response. more specific and, and yeah. back it out from just the balloon issue to a larger issue. Is the Biden administration actively doing what it needs to do to make us more well-protected and uh, safer on the regular. It seems to me that there are lapses, whether it be southern border uh, penetration, whether it be uh, now northern border issues, which I just read about over the weekend, uh, the spy balloon, uh, the incessant spying that the Chinese are trying to do through social media and other uh, networks. What, what is the assessment of our, of our current administration and their approach to national defense? I'd say the... Um there's, you know, between the White House and Congress, there's been a lot of investment in new technologies to help with this, um, but there's been a lack of will to use them. Uh, and so you see the adversaries like China becoming more and more bold with regard right. to what they're doing uh, because there's a lack of uh, pushback uh, on the part of the United States to these smaller provocations um, and these smaller intrusions, whether it's at the southern or northern border, whether it's from balloons or whatever, but these smaller provocations um, don't result in any pushback, so the provocations just become larger. And so China calls this their, why we call it uh, China's gray zone warfare. Um, And Russia practices this also. Um, And other countries are starting to do it as well, Iran, including them. Um, And without pushing back on it, you just sort of encourage continued intensification um, over time. So you've got to start to figure out a way to uh, push back proportionally to these provocations or else you're going to encourage you know, worse behavior in the future. There is some thought uh, that is being um, circulated today, and I forget who it is. It may be the head of the U.N. I'm not uh, I'm not I'm drawing a blank, but that the Ukraine-Russia conflict is about to ensnare uh, a wider swath of countries uh, in its grip. And uh, that that threatens to widen the war to beyond the borders of the Ukraine, where it has been largely confined to in the last year. What's what's your feeling about that um, that that approach to what we're talking about there? I mean, I think Russia is going to try to um, drag other countries into this as a way to, um, you know, prevent the continued response from the European allies. Right. So they've been trying to economically impact Europe. Uh, They've been uh, taking action against uh, European allies in cyberspace. They're trying to. there's a concern they might widen the war to Moldova, which has uh, an enclave of Russian-occupied territory inside of Moldova. 
Um, same with Georgia. So there is a concern that Russia might decide to try to expand um, the scope of the war in an effort to back down European support, you know, thinking that there's going to be some war fatigue on the part of Europe and the United States. So can they exploit that by showing that um, the war is going to come to your doorstep um, in some way uh, if you don't uh, stop supporting Ukraine? So, yeah, okay. I, I definitely you can see in instances of where they're trying to do that. Russia has limited ability to do that, you know, from a military perspective, but they got other tools. They have, um, you know, terrorism, cyber attacks, economic warfare, energy warfare, et cetera. And they're willing to use all of it, uh, as is very obvious. Absolutely. Brian Clark, uh, right. senior fellow and director at the Center for Defense Concepts and Technology at the Hudson Institute. Thanks for shining a little light on this for us today. We appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure, Kevin. Great to be here. All right. Uh, when we come back, an update on uh, what is going on in that uh, section uh, with the Armenian crisis with Joel Velkamp of uh, Christian Solidarity International. Don't go away.